Shirt Show. I feel like we're, we've done this before. I feel like just like a month ago. I don't know. <laughs> I, I learned some things. I got a little better lighting. I got uh, built in. No more uh, oh, battery right. dying. So nice. should be better this time, hopefully. Nice. Well, what if, Where are you right now? I am at Sound and Fury, my little uh, little print shop I got. It's awesome. Hell yeah. A little, no. better ba- little better background than like children running around making a mess. <laughs> so. Were you doing printing today or you're just hanging out there? Uh, hanging out was with my buddy Mike, who uh, runs the day-to-day stuff, and uh, was teaching him some Printavo shortcut stuff that I had been learning recently. So got yeah. in there and got him updated, and went over some automation stuff with him, and just kind of hanging. Yeah. yeah. What? What? Uh, so tell us about the whole Printavo thing. What the hell happened with that? Yeah. So I mean, last time that we talked, I was uh, running a shop. Um, I, I loved it. Honestly, I got nothing bad to say. I left on good terms. Um, it just, uh, the commute was killer, man. It was at 4am. It took me an hour to get to work. And oh, that's then, right. we were talking about that. Yeah. And then leaving, it was taking about two hours. It was three hours a day, just commuting. Right. Um, yeah. That up to 15 hours a week that I'm not with my girl. She's got two kids from uh, previous marriage. I, I need that family time. I need to have other time. And I mean, you know, what it's like running a shop. Clearly you're there for, 10 to 12 hours a day uh you yeah add that you add that three extra hours a day on top of that and it was just uh it wasn't it wasn't the right fit for my lifestyle needs of having to have some time with the family you know um yeah. and after that in your brain dead i got like maybe two and a half three hours of being awake while i'm at home um tops so that's just a, that's just a uh, it's a recipe for a disaster eventually um so it just it didn't feel like that was the long-term uh, answer so once my heart and kind of come to that conclusion, it's an inevitability. And if you stick it out too long, when you've already decided something like that, it's, you, you got to make a change. Right. Um, otherwise, yeah. it, otherwise you can just build up and end up being bad. And it was, everything was going great. The shop's still awesome. Second city Prince, big fan, obviously I'm going to still work with them a bit as like an advisor consultant on some stuff. Um, they're still working on a massive expansion. They just finished. My last day was accepting uh, three 65 foot trailers of MNR equipment. Um, oh, I was going to say, that's the real reason why you left because they, they didn't want to get it. And you were like, screw you guys. No, they got it. That was, that was, that was the hard part actually is they actually, <laughs> they got like my like dream wish list of equipment. Um, and it's going to be insane. I designed the uh, screen room, uh, the, the entire flow in the process. They're doing a nice build out. It's going to be gorgeous. Um, so I'm excited to be able to like go in there and like work with them, see how it goes. Keep, keep working with them as, a, as they expand some more. Um, they're going to be a powerhouse in the, in the region for sure. Um, but, uh, just talking with, uh, I talked to Faring a lot and then Bruce, of course, from Rotavo. And, uh, we've talked about me possibly working with Rotavo before I actually took the job at second city. Um, they're Chicago guys. I'm a Chicago guy. It just kind of made sense. And I kind of always just was like, ah, no, it, it, but it does make sense. It makes well, the how, most sense. Um, so what's your role going to be there? Uh, senior customer success manager. Um, so, um, you made that roll up. I, I made that roll up. Um, so 
they're they're really focusing on keeping the the users of the platform successful, right? And a lot of that just happens to be: Are you using all the new rollouts that happen? Seem like every other week, right? Um, are you using all the new rollouts? Are you, is, are you integrating things correctly? Are you set up for success with Printavo in your shop? Um, so basically, you're going to be the guy to show them like the print side of it, not necessarily the like tech side of it. Like you can say like, this is how this works with this better. Cause mm -hmm. a lot of those guys aren't necessarily printers. Except for Bruce, none of them. Um, right. And, and I mean, I won't call out Bruce. I don't know how much printing he's actually done, but I mean, he did, he did have a shop um, at one point. So yeah, I'm, I'm the only uh, true printer in, in, in the bunch. Um, I mean, I've only been with them for a week. They have all been virtual, right? Cause obviously they're, they're between offices when COVID hit. Yeah. Um, so it's been like a big, like Brady bunch window of like multiple people. Um, but yeah, I'm, we talked know. to, we talked to Bruce last week and he was saying how he was going to do onboarding with everybody. And so, yeah, we were, we were expecting to talk to you about it. Yeah. It's, it honestly, it's been awesome. Um, but a lot of what I'm doing is yes, helping out with getting the shops better with using Printavo. Um, and then also working with the shops that want to have somebody even come out there and help them implement it in person. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I was just going to ask, I was going to say, so do you, are you going to be doing that like in a zoom call? Like we are right now, um, are, are you actually physically going to go to their shop? And, and if so, like, how are you going to do that? Uh, especially, you know, doing right now, are you going to, I mean, right now it's kind of, there's, it's all going to be virtual. So zoom calls, which they're already doing this. I'm just going to be joining the team. There's a couple people already doing it. Um, but I'm going to end up likely to be like the main implementation person, especially when it comes to being in person. Um, right now, if a shop said we really want somebody in person, I'd go. I actually had to go get a COVID test uh, two weeks ago. It was awful. They Q-tip way in there. And it's, it's, I didn't know my brain was that large. I wish they touched it. Um, and then they have to double it up. Like the second one, then you're like, that was awful, but not that bad. They're like halfway done. You're like, shit. All right, this Why, sucks. They do both, <laughs> they do both they man. They do both. They have to get up in there. And it's like, it's like an inch and a half in for like 20 seconds, just wiggling it around. You were actually, you were actually just some random ass guy in an alley. You weren't actually getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was weird when he paid me at the end. I was like, right. oh, well, like, all right. Um, you can pull your pants up now. He, he, he was smiling. So, I mean, I, I, I know that I did it right. Right. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I mean, I, I, I would go and just obviously have precautions, um, wear a mask, all that new post-COVID world stuff. Um, but yeah, once once we go back and it's a little bit safer, I will be definitely uh, bouncing around every now and then to the shops that want to pay for that added bonus of having me come out there, get you implemented on using Printavo. And of course, while I'm there, if there's something I can do when it comes to like, oh, I see your screen's breaking down here's some tips and tricks that might help you out in the process too. Um, which obviously my job before working for second city was six years with uh TNJ printing supply. And that was what my gig was. It was going to shops and just kind of hanging out, but helping them get all their processes better. Find Like if I walk in, like that shouldn't be over there. It should be over there. You'll save X amount of time. It's like, Oh my God, thank you. All that kind of fun little stuff that I'm super stoked to be able to, not just be in one shop and do, I loved it at second city, but the, the time was just a little bit too killer with everything. So that's what you're doing at Printavo, like in a nutshell. I feel like you have a good tool belt for like consulting and stuff like that. And like helping people in the shop and stuff. Are you going to try to do that as like a side thing? Or are you going to like do that as like with Printavo? Cause I feel like 
Bruce should charge for that shit. Like if you're going to go to a shop and like teach them stuff, it's kind of right. like, uh, so I do have Bruce and I talked about this. I still have my, uh, Markout LLC, right. um, where I can still do some consulting. Um, so I'm still going to do that. Just obviously not on Bertavo's time. Um, so a lot of weekend type stuff for the most part with that. Um, but at the same time, if I'm in a shop that they paid Bertavo for me to go there and work with them, I'm also not going to be like, <laughs> give me 50 bucks. I'm gonna help you out. No, I'm already there. You're already paying yeah. for Bertavo to have me be paid to be there. I'm going to help them out. I'm not going to give them like the, Oh, you should use this brand, this thing that that's not fair. Right. Like I, I would tell yeah. them like, Hey, overall generalities, I'm not going to, that was one thing that I always hated. Like when I was a sales guy, I had to be like, yes, you, here is this ink. This is the one to use. Right. When really there's like, there's like, 10 different inks you can use that are going to work great. It's what, what do you like? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll be very general, that kind of stuff. But I'm also, if I'm in a shop and I can help them out easily with something, I'm going to help them out with that. Um, but consulting is definitely something that I don't plan on getting rid of. It's just, it yeah. keeps it fun. You know, I just feel like if you walk into a shop and you help them out with one thing, it's always that thing. And they're like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? And then you never leave. And then you're just yeah. like, I spent eight hours talking to you about shit. So but that, that's, um, I think that's a smart move though, because, um, there's incredible value in that, you know, so you come out and you're, let's say you, they're stuck on something and you go out to help them and you're, you're, are, are, you know, at their shop and then, Hey, by the way, um, here, what's going on in our screen room, we're kind of stuck. And then you go and help out with that. I mean, then that's all the, the more value that Brentavo is bringing, you know, that's, I think that's, I don't know. That's really smart. I like it. That, that's really where I'm, I, I kind of want it to go. Right. I, I would love it to be the point where, I don't really do a whole lot of consulting because I'm already going to the shops that are paying for Printavo to come have me go implement their, their systems and right. I can help their systems while I'm there too. Um, I mean, obviously if a shop's like, yeah, we're already entrenched with shop works. We're not going to make the switch. Can I get you on a Saturday? Yeah. I'll, I'll come by on a Saturday. Right. I might, I, I, I might mention you should think about eventually switching over to uh, a different platform than Shopworks, Right. But of course I'm going to do, do whatever I, I, I nerd out about the stuff. I definitely have found that don't get me wrong. I love running a shop, but sometimes when you're sitting there trying to figure out a schedule of who's going to cover for so-and-so who called off, I just dream of being able to be in shops and look at the larger picture stuff. Right. So I think this is the a, a heck of a good opportunity for me. Um, I think it does have a value add for Brentavo. Um, hopefully I'm a little biased. I like myself a little bit. So I think Bruce, it has a bit, uh, a bit of a value add. You Bruce know? sees your schedule and he's like, why were you at Shirkong for two weeks? What was going on there? Perfect, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and that's awesome. That's the other thing is I'm going to be able to travel. When I was at TNJ, I was kind of stuck in my region. I didn't really, I couldn't really go outside of that unless it was for individual consulting. Now this opens up to be able to go visit different shops, different parts of the country and get to nerd out with the print family that we're all, we're all in, right? Yeah. So how much closer is... I guess whenever they have a office to where you are now versus the old travel. I mean, that's, that's one of the other like linchpins to why I, I was like, yes, I should, I need to do this is it's working remote. So I'll be working from home um, pretty much indefinitely. Uh, so it's gonna, way more family time, way more. Fa and that's a big thing. I mean, it might seem like, Oh, whatever family time, but I, I care about my girl's kids like right. they're my own. They're not my own. Right. Um, they, we can't really move. We're going to move. We're moving from our condo now into a, a house, but have to stay near where they go to school. Also where their dad is. So we're kind of stuck geographically in one area. COVID. I mean, kids might not go back to school full time come fall. Right. And so if my girl who owns her own little esthetician shop can't work because she's got to be there with the kids every day, well then there goes her entire income. 
right? So me being able to work remote, they're seven and nine. They're self-sustainable for the most part. I, can, I don't have to like change a diaper, right? Um, but I got to make sure that I'm burning the house down. They're actually eating food. They're not eating just sugar the entire day. Or fist so, fighting. Or fist fighting, which the two of them together without a lot of friends besides, I mean, it's getting hectic. Um, yeah. But like that's, a perfect a, that's a huge. Dream job, really. And that's kind of how I feel too. So when Bruce and I were talking, I was kind of like, all right, I think I kind of just stumbled into like a prime opportunity that feels right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I jumped aboard. I spent a week, a weekend now. Uh, it was funny with the two other people. I had three people all starting at once, two others starting the customer care, no background in screen printing at all. So the first day is a lot of like doing this right with Bruce displaying screen printing. I'm just like, uh, uh, uh-huh. Uh, 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 uh. Um, and trying not to be like actually bruce it's no no never mind yeah. right. um, but <laughs> talk yeah, shit about your boss right no it, and that, it's it's been it's been great so far it definitely 2020 has been a weird year uh, i think for everybody it's a it goes an overall statement but I, I'm, what I'm uh, stoked did second city pivot or something because weren't they dealing mostly with like bands and stuff like what, what are they getting into they didn't pivot um i got nothing but respect for uh the owner and uh the girl who runs the shop that runs now runs the shop and runs runs the company day-to-day stuff um all band merchandising so they do a ton of fulfillment ton of fulfillment so once touring stopped which was obviously the main cash cow for the company it just all went heavy fulfillment and their right. sales staff and everything they pushed hard and fulfillment ended up going up a couple hundred percent year to date even with covid so it went from there was like a good two, three weeks where I delay everybody off and I was solo in the shop, like counting shirts, burning screens, reclaiming screens. I had to teach myself how to eat. They had two Anatols. I had never run Anatols before. Uh, I had to teach myself how to run. I mean, once you run an auto, you're on They auto, basically right? run themselves. Autos? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and Anatols especially. They're, they're, I, I learned how to run a different press. I, I'm still more of a fan of some other presses better personally, but I, 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 I like them. They're not bad. Um, so yeah. I learned how to, how to run those presses and just ran the shop solo for a couple of weeks um, while it was still kind of slow. I mean, overnight, like I'm sure you guys saw, like the key just went off. Like you had tens of thousands of dollars or more in queue that just got canceled. So it was a little terrifying for a little bit, but they, they picked up on the fulfillment side and got heavy with fulfillment. So how, it, it went heavy fast. How do they do the fulfillment there? Do they With the bands, I know with tour, they were probably getting an order, printing it, and then shipping it to whatever venue or wherever it has to go. But with fulfillment, are they still just like doing, do they do heavy in any DTG or do they just like print in bulk and then shelve it and then pick? Print in bulk and shelve it. It's they, they don't have any DTG right now. I think eventually right. that will shift a little bit. Um, that was part of why the move was happening too, because they had two buildings across the street from each other. One was the print shop and the offices. The other one was all fulfillment. Right. Um, so they host the Shopify store. So a lot of these big name bands, like you go click merchant redirects to a second city hosted right. Shopify store and they handle everything, the customer service, the p- pick and pack. Um, their YouTube clients were huge, especially during COVID. We, we were able to do some 10,000 piece plus orders of, they had pre-sales. So there was like 10,000 pieces sold in like a week and print it, pick and pack, ship it all out the door. That's um, definitely the way to do it. The pre-sale if you can, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but that, because printing and then like you said, building, shelving it. I mean, you have to have space of course. And they and do then, a lot of that too. Yeah. It's like we, we started getting into it kind of even before Corona happened and stuff, but it was kind of like, how do we do it? You know, like before we were doing, and we're like, you said, you, you kind of get somebody you think is going to sell a ton of stuff and then you print 
couple bulk orders, put them on a shelf, and then you're picking them. And it's like, I feel like you, we crash and burn more times than we had like big successful runs. So I feel like we switched to more of like, we just print, like we do pre-sales, but the customer doesn't really know it's a pre-sale. And we just print like every Wednesday, like right. whoever that is, we'll print it. And then we pack and ship it the next day. That way we're not sitting on anything. We don't have a warehouse full of stuff. So I'm just kind of like in my own head trying to like research over like how, what's the best efficient way to do this without having a ton of shit on the shelf. So you said every Wednesday, you mean like that? So if you had a, how many orders do you have though? So every Wednesday you're printing. So there's so no that's the thing is like, yeah, we're not like crazy into fulfillment. We're not like, Oh yeah, we have thousands of clients and stuff. Like I literally have like, you know, five to 10 customers that like we almost hand selected to be like, we want to work with you. We want to do your store. And then they sell it. They sell a lot of stuff. Like that's really the goal is to find somebody who's going to sell a shitload of stuff. You don't want to be like, Oh, this guy's kind of cool, but he sells like four shirts a week. It's like, it doesn't really work. So like we have a couple of these people that we do stuff for. And then, yeah, I just have literally on our calendar every week. It's already on there. Like Wednesday, this, these orders have to go out for the store and then they, you know, they're folding and bagging on like Thursday and Friday. So I guess worst case scenario, um, somebody orders on a Thursday, they're going to wait maybe a week. They're going to wait until the next Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, but so it ships on the Thursday and they're going to get it on Friday or the weekend or let's say right. so maybe yeah. they're waiting 10 days. I think that's well, most cool. of the time, most Not of the bad. time with the post office, it's like, you know, it's, if it's, what is it? First class, they're getting it in what, two to five days or something. And then uh, if it's a priority pack, which most, a lot of it is because like some of these people are getting hoodies and like shorts or whatever else. And, you know, if it's over 16 ounces, it's going priority and then they're going to get it in two days or you know two to three days or whatever so i don't know it's been working out really good so far i mean it's not like the amazon model where i mean we definitely get people who email us and are like what the hell i ordered yesterday i don't have it yet and it's like all right well this guy's orders print and ship in bulk once a week and ship it out 99.9 percent of the time they're like okay cool like happy to support so-and-so you know what i mean so i'm just trying to it's it's I do that, deal with that at Sound of Fury too, like the, the small amount of pick and pack. We've got a couple couple smaller customers we do that for. Um, Second City is a whole different beast. I, I yeah. luckily didn't have to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, entire other department and Stevie, uh, who owns it and created it, it's a monster. I mean, he's got customer service people literally doing that. Like, I ordered it three hours ago. Where is it? And like, it's like, uh, yeah. what? And from an efficiency standpoint, I, I'm going to rely on him that it was all efficient, but when you're running a shop and you see the same seven color design come up three days after you finish doing 300 of them to do 12 more, you're right. just like, dude, what? That's what? exactly, and that, that was my problem. Nonst- I, I would see the same 12 designs like clockwork every three or four days. And be like, all right, we'll just save the screens, obviously, because we're going to keep grabbing them. But then you end up having like 400 saved screens. Right. And you're like, all right, now I got to order 300 more screens that I have in the shop or turn them and burn them. Um, which a lot of times we have well, that use. was my problem is I would print an order for somebody and you, you would guess sizes or whatever, and then you'd sell out of the mediums and then somebody would order like one medium and you're like, well, shit, I'm not ready to reprint this yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want to refund them. So it's like, all right, let's print more shirts, print more mediums or something. It's just like, it's such a pain in the ass. And then you end up with a bunch of shirts left over that never sell. And it's just kind of like, it is let's I mean, the, use, the, let's the metrics of figuring out like, okay, maybe the first sale hits and you're like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to double up on the next one expecting to hit. But then what happens if like it was a 
all the fans bought it first and they don't have any more fans now. Right. Then they don't it's like, well, it anymore. then that's it. Now you're stuck with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is obviously how you charge for that. So if yeah. you, if you like are up front with the customer and let them know, like, Hey, if we double down, it's going to be this price point and you get paid for the printing, maybe you're eating the space to have to store it, depending on how big your place is. That could mm-hmm. suck. Well, that's um, why I think like our model works good because we're just, we're setting up the store for them. We're doing everything. All they have to do is cl- fucking promote the store and collect like, literally nothing else like they don't pay for anything up front they don't do anything they're just like hey stores going live they sell like two three hundred items a week and then we print them ship them pack them everything and then Cut like, them a check. We're, yeah we're just like hey you get x amount per shirt they're like okay cool so it's, i mean we're making good money and we don't have shit sitting around so like i don't know it's just like a branch of the company we're starting to like look into but like i said i don't want to offer it to everybody i just want to offer it to you know select people but it's kind of you- like are you using the same designs every week? So um, on that Wednesday, you're setting, resetting up a job or are you burning new screens? Yeah, resetting it up. Okay. So, so we scoring. are saving we are saving those screens, but it's not a ton of screens. I mean, most of the designs are like one, two color. So like one store has like eight designs and then another store has like four designs. So I have like a rack basically. It just has their screens on it. But like I said, if we're setting it up once a week, it's not that big a deal to like save those screens. But now, do you guys do any DTG at all? No. Yeah. That's one thing I'm thinking about. Like I've never really wanted to get into it, but after we talked to, dude, I still can't say it. Cotton factory. No, it's uh. so she said cartoon (laughs) and then Fabrique. So I'm just going to say cotton factory. Yeah. It's cotton factory. (laughs) Uh, it's cartoon for Breek. And I hit them up too. Right. I was like, well, what do you like? Do you, you know, do you really like this? And they were like, yeah, like get this one or whatever. And it's actually pretty cheap. And I'm like, fuck, I might actually like get it. And then just like, don't not do necessarily put it right into production, but just be like, test it for a little while. And then Mm-mm. some of these store items just I like, mean, see. I, I'm kind of with Andy at the same time. I'm not like, I, I'm well, like, the thing I'm, is I don't want it for purist, quality. Right? I don't right, want, want it for, for the money. quality. I, w- I don't want it necessarily for money. It's just there's, there's, we get so many people that come into us and they're just like, Hey, you know, like it's a specifically a digital print. Like it's definitely not something you want to screen print. It's like a fucking picture of their grandma. You know what I mean? They're like, Hey, yeah. I need, you know, 15 of these. And it's like, well, okay, I, think all, I think there's a way to like to, to meld them together though. Like you, if you have that one customer who's like, I'm not going to have that many, it's like, cool. Then your price point is this other price point and it's going to be direct to garment options only. Otherwise, right. for fulfillment, it's going to be a higher price point to screen print it. I got a minimum I have to print to make it worth it. And then it's going to be a week or two weeks for fulfillments for whatever we get there. And if I get less than eight pieces in that two weeks, I'm going to DTG those anyways. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to the fulfillment side, I think there is a way to like kind of go a hybrid method with that where it is That's economical and efficient. I hate DTG, standard DTG still. And the reason behind it, I don't even really know anymore because half the time I feel I'm like, damn, it's feeling better now. But the print purist in me is like no fuck that no right? yeah i know but at the same time there's a lot of efficiencies and economics that make sense i think when we go into more of an actual full hybrid scale we're dealing with like digital yeah. squeegee type stuff once that whole new world kind of becomes the new era and the groundscape of what we're dealing with i think it's even easier right because then you can screen print and digital print and it's easier to do the one-offs and save two or three screens than save seven or eight 
Right. So and that's know. the problem is like, I'm, I'm learning and dealing with all this stuff with like the M and R stuff with like the digital squeegee and like the, you know, the hybrid stuff. And that I was the same way. Like I was always like, I'm never getting into DTG. I don't love it. I don't like the quality or whatever. And then you see it and you're like, fuck, this actually isn't that bad, especially with the hybrid too. Cause it's like the underbase is like in the shirt. So that's the hard part. And then you're just putting the colors on top and you're like, damn, this looks good. So that's, I mean, the only reason why I think I would get into DTG is for fulfillment purposes. I don't know right. if I would put it on my website. It's like, we do DTG. Uh, it's like, I would just rather like slippery slope though. Once you got I it, I bet, I bet it works its way. Well, that's quickly. the thing. It's like, that's there it is. is. Yeah. But that's the thing though, is I feel like it's getting so close that it's kind of like, you have to, at some point give in to realize that it's just a tool in your tool belt, not a replacement for screen printing. Sort of. Now there's a couple times, a couple kinds of DTGs though. So there's a DTG that's like the mid-level, whatever, like the brothers and the Epsons. And then there's the DTG you're talking about. Like the corn eats. Yeah. And the corn eats. Yeah. And so those are 250, 300,000, right? Yeah, I'm not getting easily so, there. A lot of them go even higher. Yeah. Right. Or even higher. And so now, but so there's two kinds of DTGs. And also um, you just mentioned the shirt. Oh, you might for this grandma, a picture of your grandma and she wants 15 shirts or whatever. But most people don't get, cause we, we had a DTG, we had the brother. And so uh, what most people don't get is there's going to be an hour minimum of artwork going into making, you know, getting the photo, right. They're going to have it on their phone. They're going to give it to you. They're going to get it just right. And there's going to be, maybe be some words to it or whatever you're going to do. And you get it over to the DTG and you're going to have to do some test prints because the first one doesn't look so hot and you have to adjust the colors or whatever you've got to do. And then it's not always 15 shirts. Maybe that's going to be your minimum, but it seems like if you have a DTG, you'll do, oh, I'll do one or I'll do three or five or whatever. And so you spend all this time and, uh, and what are you going to charge? Because most people don't want to pay more than 20, $25 for a shirt. And so, um, next thing you know, you you had, you sold three shirts for 20 bucks and maybe you're getting 60 or $75 and you've spent that much on ink on tests, you know, test prints on artwork and everything else. And so I say, and as far as the, the business model of anything under five shirts with a DTG, forget it because people don't want to pay it. And, um, unless you're going to the Maverick and you have this crazy fulfillment where like, uh, you're talking about Matt at second city or wherever, and you're, and you're doing this uh, a ton of shirts for bands and it's a ton of colors and uh, it makes sense. And then, and you can get this, you can get the Ma Maverick at the Cornet and, and have it justify that expense. Then I think it works, but having just a, the, the affordable DTG is, I don't know that there's any money there ever. I mean, it's a really tough gig. And so I think, I think the thing is though, is it's kind of like, well, I know like in my specific niche where I'm dealing with, it's say, say like the comedians or whatever, like they'll, they'll do a podcast or whatever, and they'll come up with a joke or a saying or something that all the fans pick up on like, like Tom score or whatever. will do the one where he, he did that, uh, that dude's face or whatever. And he used it as a fundraiser. And it's like, obviously that print was digital. And it was like a joke thing. It was fast. Like they knew that they had to get it out immediately to sell or whatever. And it's just stuff like that, where it's like almost always, it's like a photo, like a straight up photo. Like, yeah, we could print it. We could do it as like a 14 color print, but it's like, do we want to set up a 14 color print every week? Or do we want to do digital, like, you know, a hundred shirts. Okay. A week so how about whatever. this? Uh, find somebody that has a DTG by you and contract to them. 
I don't want to contract shit. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, I, I, I'm, I'm with Andy on this one a little bit. That makes the most sense um, just for the landscape that you're currently in. But, I mean, it's also changing so much. Like we just talked about how, like, four years ago, a DDG print felt like shit. It was sandpaper. Yeah. Now it's starting to get better. Like, well, that's the thing. For me, it's always been the whites. Like, the whites have always been dog shit. And now it's like they're getting decent whites. And that's what we were talking about with Cotton Factory is they were like – you know, the, the whites were always bad and then their, their machine always was bad. And now the new printer that they got, like, I don't remember what he said, but he said it like auto turned on and like, you know, ran white through the machine. So have it you never ever pre-treated a shirt? Well, that's the thing is you it's don't have to fun. buy, you don't have to pre-treat them anymore. You can buy them buy already pre-treated, pre-treated, okay. ready to go. And that makes so you it bigger because it sucks pre-treating a shirt. Right. But that's what I'm saying. That's the only reason why I would do it. Like before a couple of years ago, we thought about it and I was, and then I like researched it. I was like, you have to fucking like, people are buying like Wagner sprayers and like spraying shirts with like pre-treat and shit. I was like, that's, that looks terrible. And now you can go to like Bella or whatever and buy like a DTG black shirt or whatever. And then I've been hearing most print. of the major brands are already looking at uh, either doing it with the finished product or even earlier in the manufacturing line with, with the fabric and getting it pre-treated and you just have to yeah. uh, heat press it to reactivate the pre-treat. You should do it, yeah. Dylan. And I'm going to put a thousand dollars on you sell it within a year. And then I make a thousand, a thousand back of the one year bet of the thousand year bet. Dylan, I'll help you succeed. Split the profits with me. We'll make yeah, sure see? That we get Andy, <laughs> you're wrong. Hey. We got this teaming up. We're going to make hey, it work. Right here. We're, we're getting the money. <laughs> I got, see, I got the market and Matt's got the brain. So we're going to fucking stomp you out. All right. Well, when when it goes into repo, I'll but if we but if rights. we but if we lose, he pays the thousand dollars. I don't split the loss with him. I'm just splitting the wins. Just making sure that's it's clear. Upside. It's all upside. That's part of the consulting. All upside. Yeah, exactly. consulting fee. That's the sales in me coming in. It's like, hang on, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, I think it'll be different though. Too, I'm seeing these. I can't think of the name right now, but uh, there's uh, Raw Tech in Australia, right? And you've seen those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're working with the Zeus, right? I don't know much about it. I saw it at Long Beach this year when they were still doing shows. I hated what they showed me. It, it looked like hot garbage. But I've seen some pretty impressive prints, not at the show, elsewhere, especially like on Instagram. And this little thing's a lot more affordable and can go on a manual press, right? So it's a hybrid that can go on a manual press. I think once we get into the world where that's actually achievable and good, 100%. then this changes the entire yeah. marketplace, right? We can do these one, two, three, because we we'll have to make one or two screens, on a manual press, your underlay, your top, and realistically, it's the same screen, just burnt twice, right? Underbase, top coat, same exact image, and you can quickly digital, and maybe it runs slow. Maybe it takes two minutes to do a shirt. Well, you pay one guy to sit there and knock him out two, two minutes at a time to do a shirt, full color. Well, then fulfillment becomes a lot more affordable, a lot easier. Your physical yeah. landscape can be a mm. lot smaller, and the quality is now uh, a lot more repeatable. Does that machine also go on on auto? Yeah. Or is it just manual? It goes on. It, it's, it's meant to be on an auto, but I saw us on, on raw text website or on their Instagram. They put some on the manuals. I'm like, Ooh, that's a pricey manual setup. How much at the same those? time. I want to say they're at like the $50,000 price point, right? Don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure, but I want to spend 50,000. I was but, talking to somebody in the industry and I won't, I won't name names or whatever, but they were saying, as I asked them about that thing, I was like, well, that thing looks pretty cool. But like, you know, I don't know where it's at quality wise with some of this other stuff. And they were like, yeah, it works. But the inks smell like shit. I was like, so what? They're like, yeah, the inks in it, like, it, like you said, they just smell like hot garbage. Like they stink. They're like gross inks. And I was like, I mean, and, and until you put it through the dryer. And then I don't fine. know. 
I'm not an expert in any means on that, on those things, but they say like certain cheaper, the ink just smell like shit. I was like, you don't want to scratch and sniff that ink. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit about anything because I don't, I don't personally. So now, so now digital prints look like shit and smell like shit. So right. in public, you can, you well, can tell, tell talk shit. how, how, how much they spend for their shirt. It's a trade-off. Like you either can look like shit or smell like shit. So, you, so what, what would it be? Point. And what's the price point for it? <laughs> um, no, but, but realistically though, there, there's going to be, it's going to evolve, right? The digital squeegee is one of the first real big incarnations of this hybrid printing. Yeah. It, it's it's going to continue to evolve. It's going to get smaller, more compact, and more affordable. How long that takes, I don't know. But I think that is going to be the big pivot when it comes to shop on demand. I mean, we're used to this whole Amazon world. So shop on demand and this ability to then go online, design a shirt, and have it still be a hybrid screen print that feels good and looks good. And we don't have to either go make nine screens or spend an hour on a Photoshop file on a low res JPEG to make sure grandma's fic- picture looks good. Right. Yeah. It's, I, it, I like it melts that, both. So I think that's, if anything, I mean, you have the gauntlet, you have the three series, you know, well, so that's why the reason not why I got it. That's the reason why I got it. Yeah. Who cares about DTG? It's hybrid. Go do right. the uh, digital squeegee. Right. You, but I'm saying if you can go buy, if you can go buy an Epson for like 20 grand to eh. just like fuck around with, then I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying it's in my brain mm-hmm. as like an owner of like, maybe I should research this and not just fucking pass it aside and just be like, Hey, was this actually a usable tool? No, so, go, listen to, go listen to my opinion. But so, yeah, you, I never you, do. You can go you, <laughs> research it. Yeah. See what you find out. As I'm saying, I, I want to research it. I want to talk to other people that have it and just see. And if it works, it works. But if, if, you, not, if we look at the, the broad scale is though, like it's awesome for the shops that can afford to have a series three. It's awesome. For the shops that can afford to have a digital squeegee right. and the quality and the work is going to be shown there. But if we can hit in the next like two years where sound and fury or any other smaller shop can just throw a small hybrid printer on their existing manual and knock it out. That's where it gets excited. That's where the world is yeah, a yeah, lot right. more fun. The big when, shops are still going to have to have the big infrastructure quick spin. Like let's get 700 of these done an hour. Right. Those shops are going to exist and be totally fine. But the smaller shops can now actually be competitive in that landscape and fulfillment and the whole on demand world of this gets way more awesome. I think. Well, it's the thing with M and R too, that like a lot of people don't think about, and I didn't even think about this until they started talking to me about it, but it's like, you think, Oh, another thing I have to buy. And yeah, it's expensive because it just came out and they're still figuring shit out. And it's, you know, it's like the demand and all this other stuff. But like when that, when the digital squeegee gets down into the range of like, it's like buying another press and not like buying five presses. Um, then it's like, a, it's definitely a game changer right now. The huge companies that can afford it are getting it, but it's still, it's kind of like, like the way they described it to me was like, okay, yeah, you can do digital and it looks great and all this other stuff. But it's like, think of, think of the shops. Like, like we do a lot of it where you're doing a lot of like high color count simulated process stuff. It's like, all right, you're using 10, 12 screens, you know, your art guy's taking a long time to do all these steps. And then you have to mix 10, 12 inks and all this other stuff. It's like with digital, you're making, maybe two, three screens of whites and the clear and whatever else. And then it's digital, everything else. So like your screen count goes way down, way less screens to clean and make and all this other stuff. And you know, if Inks. you don't hit it, like we just did a job with uh, that was a seven color job and we didn't hit it the first time. And so we had to make, we had to scratch, I think three of the screens or four and then mix three new colors. Right. Well, with down press digital, time, down, press, down time. press time on that. And, and you don't have digital, to do that. 
with the digital squeegee, if it's not right, you just adjust it and try and try another test. Right, you hit print again. <laughs> yep, you, right. you go into Photoshop, you you pull the channel yeah. back, you you curve whatever, and you you go. Like realistically, all you're making on a digital print is you're making the underbase screen, and then you're letting the rest just fly. And it's fucking. So that's, that's now exactly... we are dumbing we are dumbing this down. There's right. A, it it takes a little bit more time saying. than this, but it's it's the 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 payoff is there. I mean, I uh, Second City did buy a, a digital squeegee. They got two Series Three. Uh, uh, 1820s, like giant, Holy. giant presses. It's going to be no problem to put a digital squeegee on there. Um, I'm excited to go in there and help them out with making a lot happen. But exactly that. That was when we talked with the ROI. It's okay. We've got one person all day mixing inks all day because we're doing a lot of these. The biggest press they had can only fit eight colors, but they're back to back eight color jobs all day long. And they would look better at 12 or 14 colors. They'd right. look even better. Hybrid. So, um, and then we have two or three screens as opposed to having to save eight screens, nine screens, 10 screens. We save three that are water-based ink. You hit them with water, you vacuum it off. They go on the rack. They're easier to use next time too than right. the cold plastic ink that they didn't scrape off enough last time you ran the job. What was the thinking behind um, an 1820 if, you have a, if you're going to put a digital squeegee on it? Are you trying to give yourself options? Or because if you, if you have a digital squeegee, isn't 14? I think Dylan, yours is a 14, right? Mm -hmm. so you, you, you lose four for the digital squeegee. Okay. Then you have flashes. You, then why deep, do you lose four again? The well, three the really. Well, the thing's massive. Three is what you fully take off. Yeah, you lose three print heads for three to go in there. Oh, really? um, okay. And then you you want to have a flash next to it, right? So there's okay. four. Okay. Um, and a cool downs. And a, and cool downs. So it's pretty easy to run out of space and if you want to do a special effect or you're working with a corporate client that's like hey it has to be one solid pantone it hits pantones pretty damn close but if you want it to be like the verizon orange like just screen print the verizon orange then right um so the ability to do multiple options or to be able to be in the middle of a run and say yep go back to the photoshop file it doesn't look right throw up a job on press keep it running while they work the file you can now do a two three job color job on that same press without tearing anything else down right just card your ink out leave right. it flooded put your humidifier on it well it's the other yeah. thing too like we were thinking about when we got ours is just like like efficiency like if you're spending the money and the time to get digital squeegee and all this other stuff to, to save seconds and stuff to for all these runs it's like if you get a bigger press then you're almost always guaranteed to, to knock everything out in one spin Exactly. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you were like, Oh, let's get a 14, but this thing needs like three flashes and it needs all these cooldowns. You're like, now you're looking at, okay, two, three spins. And then you're back to being like, shit, I should have brought that bigger press because now I'm and losing the, time. It's, and it's expensive, but if you price out a 14 color and then you go from 14 to 18, that's right. not that big of a gap. It's from zero to the, to, yeah. 18 or that's the a giant so when you already start getting in there the the value add on it's easy to fall into the trap of okay what's another forty thousand, right and <laughs> but it's also easier with somebody else's money um, right. it's one of the great things about a heads down press like the gauntlet or the cobra that we have that we didn't there was a bonus that i didn't oh you're, you're you're calling it the new official name <laughs> you you've, you've you're now officially on the it's called the cobra well yeah, randy yeah. It, it was yeah. hard yeah. really honestly but i finally i think i've got it what, is, what, is, what does the press say though does it say cobra on the side of it actually it says actually there's a stencil cut out of the metal that says sportsman 12 c ev but <laughs> but but on the uh but on the on the control panel it says rebel and then Jimmy's coming down tomorrow and he said that he could bring, he's going to bring me or could bring me a Cobra panel. But I was like, I don't know. You know, like it was, it, it'd it be better not to. 
have the only no, one. So. The OG. Right, exactly. Yeah. But uh, just to okay. tell Jimmy, I said to leave it. He'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, like one of the the side, like a bonus of having a, a heads down press is that, like you just said, you're going to leave a job up. Well, before on this, like our, or actually on our, on both of our sportsmen's, we have to tape off the bottom of the screen. Well, with the heads so down wouldn't press, touch. Yep. Wouldn't touch heads down press. You, you can, you know, you're indexing and the shirt, you know, the shirt goes to that, whatever head, it doesn't matter because it's not, it's not touching the screen ever. You know, the screen goes down to touch the shirt or the hoodie or whatever. So huge bonus. You're right. You can leave a job up and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not going to screw up a shirt. Yeah. We've definitely, I, I, definitely done that. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone has for sure. Couple, like hoodies or something. Day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. And you know, you see them like 10 or 15 later and you're like, Oh fuck. But yeah, exactly. but yeah um, it's a bonus. Yeah, when I'm calling it the Cobra, in fact, I made, um, you know, they're having a webcast on Wednesday. Are mm-hmm. you signed up for that? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll actually watch it, but I, I, well, you better watch it. <laughs> it depends on I'm, I'm working the, the new job from top. I don't know what my days oh, yeah, are yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got, I got well, a, lot, a lot going on. That was the thing too. Tom asked me to do it too. So I was going to talk to you after this. And I was gonna be like, why don't we just make a fucking shirt show? I'm Basically saying, it's going to be me and you anyway. Yeah, let's do it. But uh, and so we'll just promote this. the shit. Well, out of now the show I'm gonna have it. to watch it. So right, <laughs> you got sure, me. See, see, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, let's do it. Yeah. Show Cobra Press special. <laughs> I'm still on the fence about the name Cobra. I, 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 I'm behind why they changed it. I, I dig it. I'm glad they changed it for for the optics on that, but. I don't know about Cobra. I think My about, thing co- is I think about like Cobra it, Kai. And now yeah. I think they're the bad guys in Karate Kid. And I'm like, damn it, I'm an R, you be the good guys. I feel like they, you can't win with a name. Like, what else would they have named it? You know what I mean? Like, you think of names like Cobra and you're like, oh, it's kind of like, it's kind of cheesy or whatever. But it's like, what, literally, what else would what they else have What else is there? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like you could. they could have named it something else horrible but it's also who's that whose job is it to sit there and be like what am i gonna call this what am i gonna call this and they're like cobra it's just like all right i mean it is what it is i guess they went after like it's the diamondback and so they're thinking snakes or something you know and vipers (laughs) well it's like the flashes are all like chilies and the the presses used to be cars there was the challenger the like uh, that they always went after the cars um so that was probably know. a rich thing though because rich that was, was a rich cars and, cars and stuff you are you, you you like the flash names me i mean right? they, they, yeah, they yeah. make they make sense at the same time i'm like oh god, <laughs> god <this is laughs> oh i do i like it and they're red yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, the good point is like what else do you name it's easy to be a critic it's hard to be like let me name this <laughs> but yeah but anyway so, I, I think it'll be when, when the hybrid does go down that small and gets a lot more affordable that's what I'm looking forward to do. So M and R work on that. So what, uh, let's promote the shit out of your, uh, consulting. What, what all are you going to consult and offer? Uh, anything. Um, no, obviously screen printing stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a website that I will be able to work on again as the last seven months, clearly doing like the 75, 80 hours a week. So there's no time for much. Um, but yeah, screen print, screen print nerd.com. Um, redirects to uh, marcot.ink. You can go to either one. Um, and I'm just trying to just get information on there, some free downloadable template type stuff. Um, just trying to work with shops and workflow. I mean, I've been lucky enough to work with a handful of shops and do consulting. And 
a lot of the job, I think, really is the one-on-one type stuff, right? So making sure you actually understand the variables of what you're doing, why you're doing them, and how to control the variables. Too many print shops are like, yeah, the screen didn't work, so I did this, 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 and it worked. It's like, cool, what was broken? One of those five things, but you don't know how to repeat it. So getting them to understand the variables and that, but also just getting them excited. A lot of the shops are kind of stuck in their in their shop only they don't watch good podcasts they don't read stuff they don't go to shows they lose excitement um and that usually ends up going down into their their employees too and then to their customers so a lot of it is just kind of being a hype man for getting excited about learning what they're doing and why so getting them to feel like they're an artist or a scientist in their own laboratory and working on those things to get better. And usually if you can get somebody to nerd out about actually figuring out your EOM percentage, they're going to do fine. Right. Right. So it's, it's a lot of just having fun, getting them to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, how it affects every little process. And now I'm learning a shit ton that I didn't know uh, when it comes to like the Brentavo side, I've always been pretty tactile. I've been pretty good at like the in-shop stuff. I had never run a zap, a Zapier before. Right. So now I'm learning all this stuff through Printavo and they're like, Oh yeah, do this, do this. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. And so now I'm learning a lot more on the automation side where that was possibly the one side that I was the did most Steven, done. Did Steven teach that class? The zap class? Uh, I did watch a lot of Steve. I actually sent Steve a video, a, a screenshot. I'm like, I'm getting paid to watch videos that you're giving. <laughs> and he's like, why? Um, but I mean, actually a lot of it was actually their customer success team they already have. Mm. So I've shadowed a couple of the calls and she's just quickly going through and sending them like, Whoa, what are you doing? Going into the DNS settings on their, their, their page and stuff. So it's learning a lot that I, like I say, I, I was blissfully ignorant to, but it's a lot more fun knowing that side too. So when I can go into shops and help consult, I can do the tactile stuff. I can work with them in their shop on their shop. And now I can also help them out with Pratava, which I had been doing in my TNJ days the shop wasn't running a, a shop manager software. I was like, guys, get on Printavo. And I was already kind of doing free implementation for a lot of these smaller shops in Chicagoland anyway. So, uh, but to answer your question, Dylan, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody needs anything when it comes to having somebody to call and ask a question about, or you want to have me come out to your shop and work with you um, for Printavo or not for Printavo, uh, let me know. Um, you need to, you need to document that like video you need to have, you need to have somebody follow you and, and record it. It'd be like, sort of like bar rescue, only shirt rescue. So you show up and you're like, my okay. old boss, Stevie from second city said the same thing. It's like, I want to put you on a TV show. And it's like that, like that this. kitchen nightmares, but make it print nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Like you go in there and you're, and you act like a cut, you pose as a customer and then you go through the whole rigmarole and then, and, and then you come out and you're like, all of a sudden you just freak out. Throwing shit, Gordon Ramsay on them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in, I think that should be another, uh, another podcast we'll have to do. So I think is expired and then let's <laughs> smash it on the ground. <laughs> That's your catchphrase. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Un- undercured. Throw it. <laughs> so let me ask you now that you're a free agent, cause it's something I'm actually dealing with right now. And me and Andy have been fucking going back and forth on it too. Is like, what's your opinion on your personal opinion? No sales, no nothing involved on screens. 
Because right now there's like the always been the, the fight over Newman's and then now there's like the Sherlock's and then there's all these other ones. And then there's just regular old fucking statics you buy for $25. And then there's the fancy pants ones that Andy's trying to get me to get with hydro and then all this block out and caulking and all sort of stuff. Like in your opinion, if you were just to run a shop and you had to pick, what would you pick and why? A couple of pretty simple rules. They're, they're all good, right? In their own way. Uh, one, the block out permanently, only if you have what Andy has, which is an automatic reclaimer. If you got a guy back there, the pressure washer, do not do that because you're going to cover them in water spray back the entire day because they have to rinse it out and that corner is now caulked off. You're blasting uh, water back. Well, well the, the problem that like, me and Andy closure. were talking about, me and Andy, yeah. I told you not to get the block out. Dude, I didn't. But, so all I'm right. just saying. Just saying. Okay, all right. First of all, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all, the only reason why I got it was to one up you and then you kicked me in the balls and said that you tried it and didn't like it so then i failed it one upping you on the ego text it's not too bad there it right, does the have problem some, is catch up still in the corner though can't rinse full all jokes aside the problem is like andy told me and i've heard it from other people too is the the fact of like when you're coating the screen say you're using unicode or whatever and you get that little bead of emulsion that covers the block out it doesn't expose the same and then you end up with like sliminess or whatever with that bead of emulsion that it doesn't you expose normally... on on the ink side the squeegee side so when your lights you know, it's not going through unit, it's not permeating it's not going through right. the glue or the the block out i should say and you don't want to up the exposure time because then you're going to fuck no. with your actual print i don't think that matters i always recommend that if you have the the unicoat you still have a scrape card you scrape the access off really quick anyways you do that too i think yeah. that's a uh, is it a problem? Sure. Is it one that matters? Not in my books. I think that's, that's a, whatever it's, they should be, they're gonna have a, a scrape beat at the top. They have to scrape off anyways. So yeah, they're gonna spend an extra two seconds doing that, which sure we can get to the math of how much that adds up to be, but it's probably only an hour or two a year. Of I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about the time. I'm more concerned with just the actual uh, I, screen at the end. When I sold tape for a living, I hated the stuff when I'm not selling tape for a living. I think if you've got an automatic reclaimer and you can do a quick touch up on it, it's fine. Or do I think it's really, really, really worth it? I don't. Um, when it comes to the static versus the Newman, it's perfect for expensive or good enough for affordable. So there's no doubt that a Newman that you're hand stretching and you're getting to be perfect is going to be a superior screen. It's going to be, but do you need to have perfection just to get from A to B? You usually don't. You're going to have a damn good, good print off of a pre-stretched static that's good enough. Now, if we're going to try to go win an award, right. we should probably go ahead and well, get, that's my get thing. Like a 30 tension right. screen and, and, and lay down the... But for most of the stuff, the one, two, three color stuff, they're not going to give a shit. But that's my thing is like that I'm struggling with as like personally with trying to figure out what I want to do for my shop is for years we've used just like the standard statics, whatever. But like we're not using them for like three years. We're using them like buy them brand new, use them for a little while until we start to notice shit happening. And then we toss them and we buy new ones. So it's like they were good. Like we're definitely getting good prints. We're making good prints. Everything's fine. But there's the little things that like as a perfectionist of a printer, you're looking at is like, could I get a better white out of this? Or could I get, you know, better what on what? So going of, into the hydro mesh, like you're talking about, I think that's where that matters. If I'm going to spend time and energy and money on something, it's for me, not going to be Newman rollers, unless I'm trying to win an award, then I'll have a handful of those for those screens. Right but I would definitely look at your white screens being either there's a hydro mesh or a smart mesh, a thinner diameter mesh 
Right. Without a well, doubt. that's what I'm looking at right now. But I'm I'm wondering if I should go with the Sherlock's to save on keeping the screens here. And then anytime I need to order mesh, I just order mesh and I'm not shipping back and forth a shitload of screens and shipping and everything else. Or do I just go like Andy and buy a pallet of a hundred and whatever screens every time I need screens. I'm just, I, I'm at, like I said, I'm literally at the point where I'm just doing the research myself, trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, and there's actually a buddy of mine who has a shop. I won't name names either. They're selling a shitload of Sherlock's because he's getting into something else. And I'm just, like the one thing that's nice about statics too is that if it's wrong you bitch about it to whoever did it and they have to redo their work where right. if you're getting sherlock panels or you're doing your own searching in house you're paying somebody to do it you might pay them to do it wrong then you're paying them to do it again where if i sent out a hundred hundred screens to go get stretched and i get them back a couple weeks later you're damn right the first thing i'm having having the screen guy do is put a tension meter on every single one and if it comes out wrong I draft an email like, yo, these four screens are garbage. Do it again. And and I'm not paying for that to get done. I'm paying once for the job to be done. Right. Where if you're going to be doing a searching in house, you might pay them to do it again. Right. So it it all depends on what you want to do. Now, if you have a local person that can stretch for you, it's a lot more affordable than having to get a hundred frames shipped. So for you, I might argue that the, the panels make the most sense. When I was in second mm-hmm. city, I had a guy 25 minutes away. That is one of the best in the Midwest that would come pick him up for me and drop him off for me. So I had location. Does as his an name begin benefit. with an F? It does. Well, that's who I'm talking. I'm talking about the F guy too. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. And uh, Frank. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's, Frank, what uh, else Frank, would it have been? Frank, Frank's good people. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, good, he's good people. people. Yeah. He's good people. And, um, I think that if you're going to commit to an, to a roller or the Sherlock's that definitely more so the roller that you're going to have to commit a lot of time to it. And you're going to have to have somebody that's going to well, that's the really thing that watch I, those frames because when you're up yeah. in that super high tension, those, and you, and you get that and they're tight, then after you print a thousand shirts, whatever, you always have to watch Retention. to make sure it hasn't dropped because you don't want, you know, f- you don't want to set up a five color and then have, tensions all over the place and do you so, tension it twice to begin with you got to tension it all the way up mm-hmm. let it sit overnight and right and then do it ideally again. 24 to 48 hours well, that's the reason and then redo it again that's the reason i didn't want to go with the newmans it's just because of like the whole you know rigmarole like you said like if you were going to be doing like crazy detailed prints for like fucking some huge thing then i'd be like yeah let's do that but like i'm th- i'm talking the day-to-day like yeah we do a lot of really cool detailed prints but like there's also for every one of those, there's fucking 900, like three color or one color prints. It's like, do I need to be using this like $200 screen on Joe's plumbing? You don't. And that's why maybe you do both. Do you, if, if you figure out the ones right. that you do want to submit to a show or the customer, you're like, this is like a crazy in process. Let's get some Newman's. Let's get some panels, right. whatever you got to do and knock those out. But I, I completely agree. It's for most of the jobs, you don't need it. So don't go overkill on it. I would definitely, like you said, recommend, switch in your under bases, like get rid of your one tens, go to like a one thirty five S mesh or whatever the hydro mesh thinner, thinner thread diameter that can lay down a smoother print. And then the rest of them standard. I, they pop too easy when they're thin. I have seen too many shops commit to all thin thread mesh. You start running three or five thin threads. You're at double the amount that are popping in the same amount of time. So that's, that's another a thing lot that, more expensive yeah. too. That's the other thing I was talking to Andy about when my main concern when we first started talking was almost everybody I've talked to is like, yeah, when I switch to thin thread, I'm fucking cleaning screens with like a 
you know, a sham wow instead of a fucking thing because they're like, I'm busting them all the time. But like Andy made a good point. I'm not ragging on you at all. Is that you were like, once you get used to how you have to handle them, mm-hmm. you're not popping screens as often, which to makes have, total, uh, total you have sense. You to have a delicate, True. soft touch. Dylan. Right. Just like you, you have. Just go manhandling stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm a fucking gorilla. Look at you. You probably yeah, fucking moisturize your hands three times a day. Got a little, soft got touch Andy. On. Soft <laughs> touch Andy over Just here. Just listen to his voice. <laughs> hey, I tried to sound uh, tougher today. I told you before we were, I was warming up. With he you. told me before you even got on here, he's like, he's like, I'm a new Andy. I'm an asshole. I'm assertive. And I was like, yes, you are. And then he said, he liked you're, doing you're, doing, you're doing great. You're doing great. So long story short, they all work good. And they, they all, they, it, it's, I, I love Newman's. I will tell you that you will not get a better screen than if you spend the time on a Newman roller. If you won't get a better screen. But what is it worth and what does it cost to get there, right? You buy a bolt of mesh, you spend the time, you do all the work. For what outcome? If you're trying to win shows, if you're the crazy guys in Russia that are printing like that crazy 3D stack, like bridged over stuff, of course it's all on Newman's or their home, homemade Newman's with telephone poles at the edges. I don't know, right? But for what we're doing, so a static frame is going to do it. Uh, we have statics. All of them are um, thin thread or they are the hydros. And they're all made by the guy who's uh, first name begins with the letter F. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and none of them, are, uh, but our highest mesh counts 230 because we don't, uh, we found that we didn't need to go higher than that once we had thin thread. But um, I think that we can come pretty close to uh the look and the feel of a roller sorry um (laughs) we can we can we got i mean i i've seen it with my own eyes we 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 zero double stroke anymore uh it's everything single and um uh, it took a while though it took a while because when you start coding thin threads your eon you're not you're not over 230 is your lpi just parked at 45 55 what is your output uh, we can do 55 because the the calculations are, are all everything changes on thin thread mm-hmm. uh and so it's it's fat i mean i know people doing 45 on on like 158s and so thin threads a whole different beast and it takes a little while to to get used to it and not to tear it and i don't know that. if i could ever go get rid of 305s I don't ever use three hundred five either, or or at least get rid of two. No, he said he can never get rid of. I can never get not rid of three. Not to get rid of them. I would have to use three hundred fives. I'm not. I three hundred five standard. Uh, yeah, See, that's, I mean, but what? How does that compare to a two thirty thin? And so that's what's I think really interesting about. I want to I want to look more at. I mean, I've yeah. I've, I've I've played with two thirty thin. Um, but at the same time, like when I'm doing a sim process job, and I'm looking at 12, 13, 14 color screens. So I have to do a lot of my time. Like I. I'll, I, I, I want to go with that 305. I mean, I, I, I'm with you on 55 LPI. I think that a lot of people go C575 and they shouldn't. And you, you degradate down, right? You, you burn 75, maybe you're hitting 65 on your screen. Once you right. have the garment, you're dropped down anyway. So you're chasing a goal that's unattainable. Um, so I, I believe in 55 usually being the, the better output for high resolution stuff. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm with you on dropping anything higher than 230 yet. I mean, I got to come, I got to come check out check out the work in person all right that's yeah. what he's hey, trying to do on. he's just trying to lure you into his shop to hire you <laughs> sorry bruce <laughs> I'm, gonna right. bicycle, I'm gonna bicycle for the print shops just throw me around guys <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is my biggest concern wasn't necessarily the colors and stuff and the, the prints. Like I said, I, we have, we have pretty good prints and I'm proud of, but it's just more like there's nobody trying, closer, closer than Frank that'll stretch for you. There's gotta be somebody up there. There are other people, but like we get dude, uh, like, again, I'm not going to name names, but we just ordered a fucking bunch of screens. I try to order screens somewhat regularly. Like I said, it's like maybe every other five gallon of white we order, I'll order like t- six to 12 screens just to like throw into the ro- rotation. Anyway, we ordered a dozen two thirties, got them, opened the box. Uh, three of them were already popped, like already blown out. And I was like, all right, well that sucks. Write it down. Like you said, email and be like, Hey, these were fucking ripped, whatever. And then fucking bill took the rest of the screens, the whatever nine more put them in the washout to do like a, you know, whatever. And the fucking screens all had designs in them. They were used screens. <laughs> Yeah, you they had do, ghosting uh, of other fucking designs in them, and I was like, just, "All right, so why get him, get him in just, touch with Frank? Frank yeah, will cut. I, I, Frank, I, I that's what him. I did. Frank will I cut him a deal. Frank, Frank, I I haven't had any other run in with Frank other than that first initial call when Andy referred me to Frank. Mm-hmm. So, and we've talked a lot about Frank. We should at least say what the company is, and if anybody wants to talk to a master screen Graphic maker, to call screen fashion, fashion. G- yep. GSF. So, yeah. so here here's the thing, like. I, I know you don't want to listen to me on my thoughts on how, how I good want to listen. So I here's like what we need voice. to do. We need to have Frank on a pod on our podcast. And then maybe, maybe he can convince you. Uh, but that's the problem. Who, who, who fucking cares if it's in Chicago or not? That So what? So you order a pallet and it takes an extra day? I know. You, I'm you, not. You need an overnight screen? I mean, the other, I mean, the other option, I mean, I think you should go to any, the other, uh, go, go with uh, Frank. The other option you could do, though, is you could also buy the stretching table. I mean, you, you have to do the work that way, but all he's got is, stre- is, is stretching yeah. tables that pull them out. They're, they're, they are pricey, but you can right. do it locally then. You my, problem, my problem is, and it, it's just probably me and the way I was like raised and stuff, isn't necessarily the fact that like, I bet Frank is fucking amazing and he probably makes amazing screens, totally works for Andy. But when we talk to Frank, he is going to 100% support Frank. He's going to talk about his screens are the best screens to use. Blah blah blah. blah. Oh, I'm what? talking to Matt, who's fucking been around the block, and hit, knows like, okay, like this one works for here, this one works for here, and that's fine. And the the answer you gave me was great. Is that like maybe you should use this for whites, and you should use you know this and whatever. Like that's fine. And like I said, the screens from Frank, I got some. He sent me the samples. We haven't mm-hmm. coded them yet. We're gonna code them tomorrow and test them. My thing is, is what I want to do is I want to get a three color print. And I want to use our normal screens. I want to use Frank's screens and I want to use the Sherlock's and I want to do the same job on all three screens. Good. Yeah. And then I'm going to look at them and make my own conclusions. But that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> and you're not like going to notice much difference at all on any right. of them. I promise you. Right. But my thing is, it's more the only, the thing I mainly want to look at is the white. I want to do one hit. I want to that do this notice. pressure. I, right. But that's my thing is if I notice that I'm like, okay, that's the one I want to go with. Like I said, I don't know if I want to do it for every screen I have. I just want to be like, okay, here's a rack of screens that I'm going to use just for white you know, or just yeah, for underrated. that's how that's how i do it here at sound of fury it's how i recommend doing it it's how i was doing it at second city is you got your standards for everything except for your whites you you want to put those on on thin threads that well, i agree with completely let me let me solve all of your issues right now <laughs> all of your uh, life problems yeah, here, soft I'll, touch I'll andy make, take it away easy. i'm gonna make this easy for you <laughs> buy a dtg machine two, <laughs> two of them and then go get some newman rollers 
get in your I think what you should have said is sell the business, work at home in my underwear, and contract everything to shirt going. <laughs> hey, there's that too. That's an option. <laughs> that is an option. <laughs> I like Matt's plan. He's fucking working from home, playing with kids and shit. You don't know I'm wearing pants right now. You right, don't know. exactly. You don't exactly. know. Right. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about, no now pants. you're thinking about it though. Right. I'm like, how much ass sweat does he have in that chair though? Matt, we're going to hot is it in that shot. <laughs> you, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Is Matt wearing pants? Perfect. Is Matt wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> so what was your, what was your website, Matt, that people should check out other than Printavo? Everybody knows about Printavo. Uh, uh, screenprintnerd.com or you can just go to marcot.ink. Okay. And you can email me at matt at marcot, M-A-R-C-O-T-T-E dot I-N-K. <laughs> Which is funny because like I talked to on my podcast, I talked to Ryan from Ryan, obviously. And he was telling me that Who's, there's- I a, don't know who that is. Who's yeah, that? yeah, I, I don't know. You, you know, look him, Google him. <laughs> um, but anyway, he was talking about how where they are in, in Washington or whatever, there's a, you know, another distributor near there or whatever. They made a website called fuck Ryanette.com. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That's right. amazing. So now I need to make a fuck website. What's going to be the content <laughs> is, and then uh, when you go there, the landing page is going to say, is he wearing pants? You find out if I'm wearing pants or not. That's the, that's the landing page. Fuck And then you find out if he has pants on and if he doesn't have pants on it, you pay $10 like an OnlyFans and you get to see what Matt's wearing. There you go. I think oh, I, got a, I got a new revenue stream. More passive income. Love it. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm down. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on and glad it worked out this time. Yeah, thanks for having Enjoy me, guys. It's an absolute. Yes, I had to find the old beats by Dre, but they work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, man. Thanks, see you, guys. Dude. See ya. See, I'm still trying to I'm figure I'm standing this up out. slowly. Okay, You're going right. to. <laughs> <laughs>